and welcome to episode 75 of the NFL Scotland podcast. And we're just not bothering this week, right? I mean, I really don't want to talk about it. My name is Cameron Hobbs. Yeah, it works for me. We can just pretend that it didn't happen, right? I mean, one time in 75 episodes is allowed, surely. My name is Paul Mitchell. Ugh, we better stick to the plan. Right, week 10 then, we'll be skimming over that. Never even heard of week 10. We will, of course, give out your weekly awards for the week that didn't happen with some of the best comments from Twitter. That should be a breeze. <laughs> we'll oh. then be putting it all behind us and look ahead to all the week 11 action, including a pick six selection with a new clear leader at the top. Yeah, nuclear leader at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> As ever, we'll wrap it all up with the latest news from around the league and we'll be asking, who influences us? Right, before we get to that, though, uh, week 10, Paul, let's start with your pain and then we'll come on to my pain. Right, I want to ask you a question because you, you know your football. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. What is legal hands to the face? What are you allowed to do with your hands to somebody's face in the NFL that's legal? <laughs> Nothing. Right then. So why do we call it illegal hands to the face? <laughs> it's it's just so irritating. Illegal hands to the face. I get what? What are you allowed to do? You know, are you allowed to you know to get somebody's cheeks and purse their lips? Are you allowed to tickle them under the chin? It's just stop calling it illegal hands to the face and start calling it hands to the face. And by the way, why don't you stop calling it altogether? The Saints, let's start with the Saints. Now, if I'm going to be fair to my team, and I will be because I'm like other teams, I'll give any team in any given season one bad loss, one stinking, horrible, dreadful loss. The Chargers thumping the Packers. That was the Packers' week to say, you know what, we'll give you that one. This is the Saints' one. Now, it hurts because it was the Falcons that beat the Saints. I'll, I'll admit that. Um... But, you know, look look at the other side. You know, Matt Ryan's a terrific quarterback. There's actually no shame in losing to him. Their defense, they came out of absolutely nowhere. Now, did Atlanta win the game or the Saints lose it? The Saints looked like they turned up thinking they were going to win that game. And I'll tell you what, few teams in the NFL can afford to do that. Now, I'm sure the coaching staff prepared them reasonably well, but I'm also fairly certain the coaching staff thought they had this one in the bag. It was an absolute horror show from start to finish from a Saints perspective. Every time it looked like they were getting the Falcons off the field, you know, it was illegal hands to the face. It was illegal something or other. And it was just soul destroying. It was just one of those days started bad, got a little bit worse, but I still thought the Saints would come back. I still thought they could win it. It wasn't to be. You've got to give credit to the Falcons. Um I don't know why, but you've got to give credit to the Falcons. You know, you know, all credit to them. Now, if I'm a Falcons fan, which I'm not, <laughs> where's where's that team been all year? Now, does that not irritate you that a team can go into a local rival and absolutely play the game of their season now where they just better prepared off the bye week? Did the coaching staff find out something that was solidly wrong with their team and get it right again? If I'm a Falcons fan, I'm delighted that I've won, but I'm also pissed that I've not seen that level of effort coming elsewhere. Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree with that sentiment completely. Going way back to your point about referees and the, the addition of the word illegal, I'm actually starting to think that the referees are, are, are paid on a word count basis. I think that that's why we're seeing all these different yellow flags coming in. They're getting paid per word. They're getting in as many different words as they possibly can. That's the only thing that can possibly explain all this nonsense. Because once again, refereeing decisions 
come up again and again in conversation. Um, although when we come to our game, I'm actually going to give them a break. But yes, to your point, the I'm not surprised that the Falcons managed to score 26 points. We've talked about this. That offense is more than capable, um, and they showed it. They they managed to find a way. They lost Devonta Freeman. That's going to be a loss to them in the backfield. But when they've got Julio Jones there, they're always going to be a threat. Austin Hooper's going to miss out the next game. He's been one of the best tight ends. If you look at things from a fantasy point of view, he might even be the best tight end, to be honest. Um, certainly, it's going to be him and Kittle that are up there. But they've been really good on offense. It's defensively that they've been an absolute shambles. So, you know, on the day, six sacks against the Saints. They had six in the previous seven games combined. They turned up. They turned up in absolute style and they destroyed the Saints. The Saints, uh, there was no point. And I mean, I watched it on Red Zone, so I didn't see the whole game, granted. But it felt like every single time you saw any action from the Saints game, it was predominantly Drew Brees looking up, looking around the field, not seeing anything, getting sacked. His offensive line let him down. His receivers, the, the routes that were running, the plays that were called, didn't get the separation they needed. Alvin Kamara was a non-factor in the backfield as well. Um, even Latavius Murray, he, he did all right, but um, they just weren't a threat. They just weren't a threat. And but for the boot of Will Lutz, which they turn to, you know, when they have to for usually it's the cherry on the top of the cake with Will Lutz. You walked away with just a cherry and the Falcons popped it good and proper. So it's <laughs> You've been waiting to say that all week. <laughs> it's it was a it was a doing. An absolute doing. Um you know, you look across the games. You look across all the scores, and if we're going to give eight-point difference as being a one-scoring play, which in theory it is because it's a touchdown and a two-point conversion, every single game, bar two, were one score between the teams. It was yeah. a tight week. It was a crazy week. There was some bizarre stuff going on left, right, and center. But if you'd told me beforehand that the two games that would be a bigger blowout than a single-scoring game would be the Baltimore-Cincinnati uh, game, and the New Orleans-Atlanta uh, game, I would have said, of course, I can see that coming. There is nothing that would have made me say, yeah, Atlanta's going to be the team that absolutely blows out the other one. Um, I, I was flabbergasted by it. Um, I, we were discussing this just before we started recording, saying from a fantasy point of view, I kind of went all in on the Saints thinking, <laughs> I know what I'm doing. What a Muppet I am. It was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was bad. It was bad. It really was. And, and like I say, it was a bizarre week. There was some... I mean, let's let's take some other well, highlights and move on from this one. See, before we do that, uh -huh. because obviously my team lost, your team lost. Now, to decide who got to talk about their loss first, I tossed a coin with Gino Smith. He called fish tackle, <laughs> so he obviously won it. Uh, so and made me go first. What was going on with the coin toss? Come right. On. So right. Do you know what? I, I've I've listened to this a lot because I'm fascinated by this, and I don't know if you remember this, but there was a piece of audio that was circulated on the internet. This came hot on the back of is the dress black or is the dress white? Is it yes. black and blue or white and gold? There was a thing that was either the word Laurel or the word Yanni, and different people listened to it and heard different things. I have listened to Geno Smith. And that audio with it turned as up as much as I possibly can. And at first, I was like, he said tails, he said tails. And the more I listen to it, I hear him say heads. I legitimately now only hear him say heads. And as a niner, and as someone that bangs on about the Seahawks being lucky, and damn it, I take any opportunity to do that. Um, and there was a bit of luck involved in that. But anyway, it was, it was a good game, to be fair. It wasn't the outcome I wanted, but it was a great game. Um 
But fair play, I legitimately think Geno Smith said heads. I think that there was a bit of drawl in his accent that makes it sound like it could be tails. I think he says heads. I've only listened to it once and I thought it said heads. I have to say, I've only listened to it once on my phone and that was it. And I listened to it without knowing which call he should have made. Because as soon as I saw there was a controversy, I thought, right, I'll wait and see. You know, I'll try and avoid it and I'll wait and see. And I thought he said heads. Now, why is Gino Smith out there calling the coin toss? And I wouldn't have thought (laughs) that saying heads or tails was particularly difficult uh, and that you could possibly enunciate. It may be the broadcasters in us that if you can mix up the word heads with the word tails then there's something potentially weird about the way you're speaking. But, you know, that's what it is. But I think, you know, I think your loss is easier to take from uh, the point of view. It was a good game. Yeah. Uh, Seattle are a good side, uh, despite the fact Saints absolutely did them in Seattle. Um, you know, so, and you're, you're not, I said this to you last week, you're not going, you know, 16-0. and 0. There no. was going to be a loss yeah. somewhere along the line. You know, so like you, you lost at home to a divisional opponent, but I didn't think there was any particular shame in in the way that you went down. Yeah, I mean, could you have called things a little bit better? Yes, are there plays that you want back? Yes, but every coach in the league is thinking about these plays at the moment that, that they let slip, yep. you know, throughout the week. So no, I'm, I'm not overly... So I'm going, to, I'm going to wrap the game up in a nutshell as best I can without sounding like a, I'm whining, a 40 whiner, as I think we are sometimes known. Um, I think legitimately, though, we obviously lost Sanders. We were without George Kittle. Uh, there are two big players now for us. Um, I think that we brought in Sanders because there isn't a lot of depth at wide receiver, and that showed when Sanders went out the game. Um, I think that Jadavian Clowney had a game, had an absolute game, and he looks at times in Seattle like a new man since he's come out of Houston. Um, I thought at the Texans, he had one good game in every sort of five or six. I didn't think he was nearly consistent enough. He seems to be a real threat. He's got a new bit, of, you know, he's got a bit of juice about him, a bit of mojo back, and, and that's showing. To be fair, I thought that the, the Seahawks played a really good game. I thought that up against what is a really good 49ers defense, Russell Wilson did what he always does, and he found a way to win. He found a way to get the ball down the field. But I think... More than anything, it's the injuries to key players for us. I think not having Robbie Gold, if he'd been playing, I think we would have won that game. I think bringing back two linemen uh, after a period of time out injured meant that they were rusty, they weren't match sharp. I think that showed at times, and they didn't give Jimmy Garoppolo the protection. I don't think Jimmy's the finished article. I don't think anyone can expect him to be because he spent so much time on the bench learning from Brady. He shows in stages that he's absolutely capable but there's going to be games where he isn't as good as others. So for me, yeah, a defeat was coming. The fact that it was against Seattle at home, and I'm sure our Seahawk listening uh, audience will delight in this and feel free to send me some nonsense on Twitter and milk it because, damn it, we're winning in Seattle. Um, But, you know, it it, it was a really good game. It was really entertaining. A, A proper Monday night game when actually... The, the Monday night card looks a bit rubbish. Um, and actually, the, do you know what? This is everything. I didn't even pick up on anything that Booker was saying because I was actually quite engrossed in the game. So that that goes a long way to show you about the quality <laughs> of the game. So, But fair play to Russell Wilson as well. You've got to look at his numbers as well. 24-5-1 career record in primetime games. He continues to just keep winning. He is the reason that that Seahawks team continues to win. 
I don't think it's Pete Carroll. I'll be honest. I think that Pete Carroll makes, has made some questionable choices, decisions, plays, what have you. I think that it's Russell Wilson uh, manages to get things done. The amount of times that he scrambles and he goes to plan B and it's him that's finding plan B and he manages to find it. And that's the edge that he's got. That's where I talk about the luck, the fortune. And it's not luck. It's clearly skill because he keeps doing it time and time and time again. And it's amazing to see now how many power rankings this morning across the NFL media, across the people that talk about it on a regular basis, how many people have Seattle sitting at number two in those power rankings overall is quite something. Uh, a lot of people putting them above the 49ers now. Uh, with the Ravens sitting atop the pile and a lot of them as well. So fascinating. Who would have thought that? But the Niners have a very difficult um, run in from here. There's no easy games uh, coming in. The same can be said of Seattle, to be honest. It's a tight division. I don't think the Rams are a contender in that now. I think it is between these two. Uh, and it will be a battle to see who can win it. So it's fascinating in the NFC West. Oh, I think so. I mean, absolutely no doubt. I think the Rams didn't do themselves any favours. The Steelers were there to be beaten, I felt. Although, I mean, the Steelers are improving and they're without their main quarterback. But I still thought, you know, the Steelers were there to be beaten. So it, it does make um, for an interesting division. And if we're going to just round off, um, you know, you've, you've got to talk about, you know, the cards almost beat the Bucks as well. So it is some division. Every team in that division, you think, can go and win games elsewhere. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's, you know, Jameis Winston, as much as he chucks that ball away, he still manages to do a whole load of damage. 300 plus passing yards in six games this season, which is tied most in the NFL. But um, you know he's going to throw an interception. Yes, it uh, more than one. To, he's going to throw you know, a few. So Brian Letovich says, you know, he's, you know, he could be their franchise quarterback. He's got the talent. He's got everything they look for in a quarterback, but he just seems to every so often, you know, have a little glitch. Almost like, you know, a computer program will have a glitch in it. He just seems to have that glitch and bang, you know, throws an interception. And the thing I think with Winston's interceptions, Cameron, like you, you might have the same idea as me. They're not what I would call good interceptions, you know, where, where the receiver's got a real chance of getting the ball and somebody makes a really good play against you. Yeah. To me, there are too many dumb interceptions. And, you know, I don't mind quarterbacks, you know, that sling it and go for it. But there's there's got to be a, a sense of, you know, yes, you, you're going to lose a 50-50. You're going to lose a 60-40 from now and then. But to me, it gives these receivers, you know, a 20% chance of picking some of these at times. And, and that that's what annoys me about them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right, a couple of headlines then to, to to talk about as well from Week 10. A couple of things. Lamar Jackson. Uh, obviously, Russell Wilson, I think, is very much in the MVP candidate chat, uh, along with Christian McCaffrey, who both of us picked out last week as our mid-season MVP. Lamar Jackson, though, very much in that conversation, really playing well. Okay, fine, it was against the Bengals, but he looked clinical. Seven total touchdowns in his last two games, four passing, three rushing. Four passing, three rushing as well says a lot for a player who was apparently not going to be able to throw. So... The Ravens look mighty, mighty impressive. You know what? I think you're going to give Harbaugh a lot of credit because, what, a year, year and a half ago, he was, you know, they were trying to run him out of town. Yeah. Uh, so you've got to give him all the credit in the world. He saw what he had. He decided to make that change with Joe Flacco going elsewhere because the people he had around were, were much more exciting. Now, at times I thought Lamar Jackson looked like a slalom skier, just the way he was moving in and out almost effortlessly beyond people. I mean, he, his runs were great. Now, I was looking 
um, at the broadcast schedule, and I saw that Kevin Harlan had been put down to do that game. And initially, I must have thought, oh, he's far too good to do that game. You know, Kevin Harlan's one of the great voices of the NFL. Boy, did he bring it to life. I mean, he had a couple of terrific calls about Lamar Jackson. And the good thing is, some of those plays that were made are the plays you're going to see in year-end reviews, and they've got wonderful audio to go along with them. Uh, All credit to the Ravens. I thought they were terrific. Yes, the Bengals are 0-9. They are getting picked on. But you're still going away from home. You're still, you know, playing against NFL quality teams and to rack up 49 points. And, you know, Lamar Jackson joins Aaron Rodgers and Hall of Famer Joe Montana as the only players to record three plus passing touchdowns, one plus rushing touchdown and a perfect passer rating with at least 15 completions in a single game in the Super Bowl era. He is outstanding. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Now, we've touched on already the fact that there was a lot of tight games, but there was three, I think the three in particular that came down to the last play in a, in a sort of real thrilling, oh, this is marginal, absolutely marginal. Um, so obviously the Bills, Browns, uh, the Bills missing a long field goal at the end to give the Browns the win. But, you know, the, the, the Bills got themselves into a position. You start to think, oh, the Browns have Browns it. Um, they've absolutely shot themselves in the foot. But they did exactly what they needed to do to hang on for a win. Baker Mayfield, two passing touchdowns. That's the first time this season he's done that, um, which is quite something. Who would have thought out that division? We'd be questioning whether Baker can throw for touchdowns and not questioning Lamar Jackson's capabilities in that one. The other one as well is the Packers, and credit to their defense. Up against Christian McCaffrey, finally still would have had to need to get the two-point conversion, and yeah, it was in the snow, so it certainly suited those Packers, but they did exactly what they needed to do, and they stopped the season MVP on the line when it looked certain he was going to go in to give them the opportunity to tie it up. And then there's the blocked field goal in the Chiefs-Titans game, which was, that game had me on my feet at least three or four times, like properly jumping out of my seat uh, in the last sort of two minutes of the game. What a what a game that was. Absolutely brilliant. And I, I, I think I'm surprised by both. I think that Mahomes came out and did really well, like yards. I thought he wasn't moving particularly brilliantly. Uh, and maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm looking at it too much. I thought he was slinging it about, no problem at all, but I'm not convinced he was 100%. And I think he, I don't think it impacted them or anything like that, but he just just wasn't quite there. Um, The Titans then showed so much character. Fair play to Ryan Tannehill. He has gone in and he's turned that team around. Yeah, I mean, I like Mariotti, you know that. I think he's he's got it, but obviously things have gone wrong for him there and he's not been able to move. But how annoying are the Tennessee Titans? They, they, they just—if you're a fan of that team, you must be thinking, "What are you doing?" I mean, KC. I mean, for the Chiefs fans listening, there's not a lot of Chiefs fans would have thought they would have been six and four at this stage. They've—they've they've dropped a couple of games. They've really been expecting to win, but the Titans. I mean, it was a great game of football. There was, you know. Everything that you want, there was good quarterback play, there was some poorer play, there was some good running, there was some stunning throws. It was just one of these games that you thought, yeah, this is why I watch the NFL. And Ryan Tannehill, you know, he's been there before, he's done good things before, but, you know, he he came out, you know. you got to remember, I mean, they started, their first play was a fumble, then a punt. 
you know that was that was their first quarter you know and you know they were they were down in that game you know yeah. they were 10 nil down um so you've got to give them all the credit in the world for for coming back onto it um and it was just it was an incredible incredible last drive you know starting at the 39 their own you know they went 61 yards tremendous the pass to Humphreys was terrific it really was it really was and then you know from Mahomes to march them down the field and you just think all right okay well the Chiefs are taking this to overtime and then for the Titans to turn up and block that it was brilliant it was legitimately brilliant and I think the thing that surprises me the most in all of this is that the Raiders are only half a game behind the Chiefs? Oh, it, it, it's incredible. <laughs> I mean, just, just before just before we, we 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 leave this game, I mean, there was you know Tannehill with a great you yep. know two point conversion. He was fantastic. Derek Henry, sixty eight yard run. Uh, Rashan Evans, what a brilliant little scoop that was. Um, I mean, Mahomes' pass to Tyreek Hill was incredible. Yep. Um, there was just there was so much good about that game. Now, talk about Raiders Chargers, which was the Thursday night football, uh, which I couldn't sleep through the night, so I managed to find a, the Chargers radio feed that I was listening to. And I was quite smug at the very end when they missed the chance to tie the game up because I was convinced on the pigskin pick'em that I'd gone for the Raiders. And it was only the following day I looked and found out <laughs> I had the Chargers. <laughs> I was livid, oh, utterly livid, because I was rooting for the Chargers all, uh, for the Raiders all the way, and you know Jacobs, terrific, eighteen yard. Do you really? I, I don't know. I thought the defence should have done better. I mean, it's an eighteen yard run uh, when all said and done. I don't really think when the game's on the line, that's the kind of thing that you can allow. But there was some, there was some terrific football this week. I mean, you know, the, the other game I listened to, and you'll laugh at this one, uh, was the Colts-Dolphins, simply because I managed to get a feed of the Colts-Dolphins. <laughs> but, and the reason I mention that is, I actually fell asleep quite quickly <laughs> with that one. Um, I did wake later, and I, I got a good feed of the Vikings, the Vikings feed of the Cowboys. And the Vikings were 14-0 up. The Cowboys immediately scored to make it 14 all. See, you know, back to back. That was a terrific little game as well. So, the, yeah, having initially said there were some games that didn't really take my fancy for Week 10, it was actually a pretty good week. Yeah. Uh, Brian Hoyer will have that impact to anybody. I, I can speak from oh. experience. 18 for 39, 204 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, one sack, passer rating of 38.8. There's only so many times that you can hear a Brian Hoyer uh, doesn't find his man uh, before that sends you to sleep. That's like counting yeah. sheep. Uh, it was grim. It was grim. Um, I just, I mean, the Colts will be kicking themselves for that as well. That's That should be an absolute gimme, even with Jacoby Brissett out the game. Uh, that's an absolute shamble. So, again, that AFC South division is wide open. Absolutely oh. wide open. At this moment, anybody could be picking that one up. They really could. Um, absolutely. I'll, I'll give the Colts, that's their one dumb loss. You know, I always say you can have one dumb loss in a season, and that's theirs. Um, but, yeah, can we jump to the, the the battle for supremacy, if you can call it that, uh, in New York, New Jersey? First of all, thanks to everybody who took part in our competition. I think that was probably the most popular competition we've ever had. Yeah, definitely up there. Definitely up there. The, the, the chance to win these uh, Jets or Giants uh, mugs. Now, I have to tell people that when I went to buy them when I was in the States, they were two different prices. And I said to the guy, why is that? 
he says, well, nobody wants to buy that one. <laughs> you know, he says, we can sell that one. Nobody wants to buy that one. Now, I won't, I won't spoil it by saying which jets. Uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, but, but it was quite funny. So thanks to everybody who took part in that. It was absolutely, what, what a stunning, stunning response we got to that. Um, and there you go. Who would have expected in this game? Now, what if I said to you, Cameron, what I want you to do this week is to be a running back for the New York Giants, okay? We're, we're going to let you train with them for the week. You're going to get all the pads because you, you're a fit bloke. What we want you to do is we're going to give you the ball 13 times. Yep. And if you can get two yards <laughs> out of those 13 carries, you'll be better than the guy we had last week. Do you know what? <laughs> I... Ignorant and arrogant, I would. I reckon I could do that. I reckon I'd get four yards out of that many carries. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Now, it's the fewest rushing yards by any non-quarterback on over 10 carries since Reggie Bush had minus five yards Jeez. in 11 carries and a Week 9 2006 win over the Buccaneers. But it's almost unthinkable that somebody of Saquon Barkley's skills and talents against the Jets could go one rushing yard on 13 carries. Now, I'm pretty certain Greg Williams has taken all the credit for it, of how he shut him down. <laughs> yep. uh, he is probably, at this moment, wandering through Central Park and down Broadway, wearing nothing but a, a Jets lanyard, saying Defensive Coach of the Year. Because, you know, how do you shut down Barkley like that? It's incredible. But it... it but we'll, we'll say that to the NFL Scotland podcast listeners. Would you fancy yourself if you were to go out to play for the Giants against the Jets and we gave you the ball 13 times to get more than a single yard? Now, you might not be able to walk at the end of it. That's just <laughs> the way it goes. But I'm with you. I would fancy my chances of getting a couple of yards. Not much. Um, but wow, that, that was something else. Um, and just before we leave week 10, I would like to congratulate, um, Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers for the great win against Green Bay, uh, because apparently BBC breakfast shows highlights of a 2016 win for the Panthers against Green Bay. Um, and I have to tip my cap to Mike Carlson at Carlson Sports, uh, whose tweet I've just ripped off. But he basically said, I wish BBC Breakfast did NFL highlights of a Monday. We could see 2016 Cam Newton rallying the Panthers against Green Bay. Brilliant. Absolutely. That's my favourite tweet of the week. <laughs> right. Before we move on, then, we need to do the awards. So let's yes. chat through some of the tweets. First of all, a Scottish Steeler fan, as he calls himself. His belter is without being biased, although he's going to be biased. The whole Steelers defence got another defensive touchdown. Minka Fitzpatrick proved his worth once again, which left Goff battered and bruised. Uh, Baufin is the Saints' loss to Atlanta. Sorry, Paul. And Bobag is Monday Night Football's Booger McFarland just rips my nut, which I think is <laughs> exactly <laughs> brilliant turn of phrase. Love it. Love it. Um, so uh, John Banks, he says you should leave off Bob Ag. That's Dan and Bruce every week until the end of time. So, right. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Donald McLeod, he says, I think I may set up a bot to nominate the Raiders secondary as Baufin every week. I think that would be a fair play, although they did win and that's all that matters. 
Ian, his belter is NFL red zone finish to the six o'clock kickoffs. As we touched there, absolutely agree with that. I was out of my seat several times. Bowfin, 49's kicker that missed the game winning field goal in overtime. Yes, it was pretty Bowfin. And Bobag, Cowboys for telling Tavon Austin to fair catch it when he had 20 yards of clear space <laughs> ahead of him. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Matt McLaughlin, his belter is the Packers D for keeping Christian McCaffrey quiet. Relatively quiet, to be fair. He's still got 108 yards rushing and a touchdown. But yes, by his own standards. And I think to the point they stopped him on the line, which I still think mighty, mighty impressive Chris Breen his belter is Eric Harris Bowfin is Jared Goff and the Saints offensive line and he also gives the ball bag award to the Cowboys coaches Mabin X his belter is Ryan Tannehill has taken so much stick but stepped up in crunch time versus the Chiefs Bowfin is Pat Shermer his gross underuse of Barkley um, well, based based on what you were well, saying, I think it was justified. If, if he'd given him another 13 carries, they would have had another extra yard. Bob Ag goes to Jason Garrett. Dak was on fire, so why put the game in someone else's hands? Fair point. Um, and I think that Lauren Callahan is going to agree with that one, but his belter goes to Atlanta's blowout win over the Saints. Bowfin, Saints giving up six sacks and being limited to three of five on third and fourth down conversions. Also, his pick'em entry for this week. He was top off the pack before the week started. He got two out of 13 this week. Absolutely, Bowfin, Lauren, you're right to give yourself to that. Uh, Bob Ag, Cowboys coaching staff, calling two runs inside the red zone on the final drive. Again, that was another great game. We are to touch on that. And last one, Polly. You'll be. I saved this one till last for you. Um, he's not going to be hard on the Saints this week, he says, because he need they need all the karma for next week. So he's held <laughs> back. Belter for him, Lamar Jackson. Honorary mention though for Tannehill. Bowfin, Sky Sports. Why did they pick the Bucks for the early game and not the Chiefs? I can't believe, as a Buccaneers fan, Polly is questioning that decision. Um, but yeah, fine. Um, Bobag Sam Darnold for saying the Jets can make the playoffs. Anything to add, Paul? Yeah, well, I mean, Sam Darnold, I mean, you've got to worry for the boy. He was seeing ghosts a couple of weeks ago. Now he's obviously been sniffing something. You know, (laughs) know, just incredible. Can I get, I can nominate a couple of things. Do you know who Arman Watts is? I recognize the name, but I'll be honest, I'm not sure how. Defensive player for the Minnesota Vikings. I mentioned I was listening to the Vikings radio network against the Cowboys. How about this? He had been... Healthy, inactive for nine weeks running. Right. You know, basically hadn't, you know, never played and basically been a healthy scratch, unable to to take the field. He took the field against Dallas, two tackles, one assist and half sack. The boy came out like a bat out of hell wanting to show what he could do. And, you know, I, I like players like that. Just a little tip of the hat to Armon, who is probably the first Armon that we've ever mentioned on this. I just, I like stories like that. It must be so frustrating to wait and wait and wait and wait. And finally, you get your chance to play. It's in Jerry World. It's a nationally televised game. And, you know, the, the shared sack was was a real beauty. So I'd just like to, to give him a mention. Bob Ag, now... It wasn't the guy who came up with the phrase illegal hands to the face. <laughs> but it has to be Freddie Kitchens. Now, if you keep doing what you've always done, you are going to get more than likely what's always happened. What the hell? were? What's in their playbook for when they get down to the goal line? Does it just have two words that says be dumb? 
<laughs> you know, there was no play action. There was no, there was, you know, Mayfield's got the legs on him. He could run. I always like to see whether you're actually going to give it. I like to see somebody peeling out and getting deep in the end zone. Because if it doesn't work, you know, the the run, you're at least trying to put the doubt into your mind. They were just horrible in the red zone. Utterly horrible. It's just like, you know, in games where, you know, when you used to play in the playground, you know, if you hit the post, you might get, you know, half a goal or your corner count would go up or something like that. You know, hey, the idea is to actually get the damn ball in the end zone. And it looked like that was the last thing in the world they were trying to do. So he's my ball bag because I thought some of that play calling, uh, whether it was coming from his offensive coach or not, doesn't matter. Um, you know, he's he's the guy. And it just, yeah, I'm not going to rant anymore. I've had enough of him. <laughs> right. OK, so my belter. Uh I'm going to give an honourable mention. I'm going to go easy on you with this one as well. I'm going to give an honourable mention to Dan Quinn because I think that that was Hang through. on, sorry, you're breaking up. That I was can't through. hear you. I can't hear you. So, so I'm, I'm giving... That came, that came through as Dan Quinn. <laughs> I'm giving them credit rather than having a go at the Saints. I think Dan Quinn played a great game and did exactly what needed to do to nullify Drew Brees in the threat. And do you know what? They deserved their win. I thought they were really impressive. Let's carry that on now, boys. Let's see it continue. Other than when you play the Niners, you can go back to the old Falcons of that week. Um, but actually, no, my belter this week goes to the Ravens. It's been much talked about, but that lineup where they had three Heisman Trophy winners in Ingram, uh, RG3, Lamar Jackson, and some of the plays that were coming in there as well. It was like rugby at times with some of the sideways passing. It was brilliant. They were really entertaining to watch. They were out there making plays, having fun, entertaining people. It was a blowout. They took Lamar out of the game because they could. And ultimately, just an absolutely... Okay, it was against the, the absolute winless uh, Bengals who, incidentally, there's some little glimmers of hope out that quarterback. Not all bad, but um, um, they never stood a chance against the Ravens. The Ravens were absolutely tremendous. Uh, Baufin, for me, has to go to the Colts. I just think that that performance against that bad Dolphins team that are, you know, I don't know if it's they are doing really well and they're just fighting for their jobs or what, but the Colts just disappointing. Um, and this is the Colts are given so much more hope after Andrew Luck went down we didn't expect much but actually do you know what they were they were good and they were fighting to potentially chase the Texans and win this division they now go into a game against the Jacksonville Jaguars let's if Jacoby Brissett isn't back I see the Colts definitely losing that one as well we'll come on to that one in a minute um if they do that then they're both five and five uh, the Texans were five and five the, the if the Texans lose their game they're six and four so it's actually a really tight division but the Colts, for me, there was an opportunity there to really put themselves up with the Texans, and they absolutely blew it. So, really stinking. And Ballback, for me, has to go to the, the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, that whole end of the game was just disastrous. Dak was playing really well. Why did Tavon Austin take a fair catch? He, I assume he got a shout from the sidelines. I can only assume that. Um, or he was told in advance, just take the fair catch. There was so much space in front of him. In the end, um, they, they didn't do anything. Uh, you know, it took... Dak had to lob it into the, the end zone because prior to that, they put it in the hands of Ezekiel Elliott who just got stopped. Um, just bad coaching for me. Really disappointing. The Vikings look really good. The Cowboys didn't look good on that one. So, yes, there you go. Right, on to week 11. And, Paul, I'm going to start it with good news for you. 
Okay, then, go on, then. You'll be pleased to hear this. That finally, finally, um, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, starts again this Sunday night. So by about half time, uh, and the Saints are getting another whooping, you can switch that off, and you can turn on to watch um, castmates that include Caitlyn Jenner, Ian Wright, Jacqueline Jossa, Nadine Coyle, Roman Kemp, Andrew Maxwell, Miles Stevenson, Adele Roberts, Kate Garraway, and James Haskell. Obviously, all names that you recognise. Well, some of these people aren't even household names in their own house. <laughs> Gee whiz. Um, I mean, I, I, I mean, it'll be getting down to you and I very soon because they, they must have gone through A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. What, you know, I'm a kind of celebrity. I once knew somebody who was famous. Get me out of here. You're in a Nike I, advert. <laughs> I, uh, Paul Mitchell what? from that I, Nike I, advert. I, I tell you, it's probably. Well, I'll tell you what. I've been uh, over what a hundred million hits on YouTube. I'm likely <laughs> to be more famous than these buggers. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. And I'll tell you what. You know, if the Saints were getting beaten by the Bucks, they would have to be getting beat hundred nil. I would then turn it over to another channel. And if hell was freezing over on that channel. That's the only reason I'd go over to I'm a Celebrity. I mean, it's just the most, oh, right. mind-numbing, dumb... You're you know, a celebrity, I mean, let's get you out of this conversation and let's that, actually look ahead to week 11. What well, are your headlines? Well, my headlines are that there's actually a couple of really interesting games that are in primetime. You know, I always like to look at where the primetime games goes because that, to me, because I'm... I'm into all this kind of thing, shows how good or bad or indifferent the schedulers are, especially, you know, if you're working on a Thursday night or a Monday night, you've got no flexibility in your scheduling. So I think Chiefs Chargers has a good narrative about it for Monday night football. You know, the Chargers, we still don't know what they are. They're like the Titans, good one week, bad the next. You're never quite sure where they're going to go. And the Chiefs, well, I think there's a little bit of pressure on the Chiefs here. Six and four is not the route to a really good high seed. Now, let's come to the Sunday night game. Bears at Rams. I mean, the Rams, there's something wrong with the Rams. As you've mentioned, you know, they are really struggling to have a swing at getting their division. And if the Bears want to try and do something. I mean, they were competent against the Lions no more. You know, that's a big one. That's probably the worst Sunday night game that we've seen in a while. The late game, which we'll see over here on Sky, Patriots-Eagles, I think there's enough narratives around that to make it interesting. But the game I'm really looking forward to seeing is the Texans-Ravens, which is the game we'll see at 6 o'clock on Sky Sports. Can Lamar Jackson do what Lamar Jackson's been doing? And can the Texans bring a more measured, solid defence on the road to really test the Ravens? That's the pick of the games for me. Yeah, and do you know what? I totally agree with you. I think that you've got the all uh, NFC South divisional games that make it interesting. The fact that they're taking place at the same time. Uh, you know, the Packers really did the Saints a favour by beating the Panthers. Now the Panthers come up against the Falcons. If the Buccaneers can somehow get a win against the Saints, then mm, that makes it a little bit squeaky bum time in that division. Um, obviously, with the Saints and the Panthers still to face off against each other twice, it's, yes. it would be open season. It really would be. But you're right. I think that the Ravens-Texans is interesting because you've got two of the most dynamic and exciting quarterbacks in the game at the moment. Now, obviously, you had Mahomes come up against the Ravens. That was a really good game. I think this is going to be very similar. I think it will be high scoring and is one that I will definitely be looking to watch. 
I think that there's enough, though, out of these other games that make Red Zone the choice to watch this week again. We've not quite got to that point yet where there's only a couple of relevant games we tend to get to that sort of week 15, 16, 17. You're starting to whittle down the pointless games as, as the teams start dropping out of the running altogether and you can focus in on, on full matches. You also get the Saturday night games coming up as well. But anyway... Um, I, I agree. I think Ravens-Texans is good. Your Eagles-Patriots is interesting. Niners-Cardinals for me is going to be an interesting one to watch because I think that the Cardinals are growing in confidence and they showed against that Buccaneers team that they can score points and they've shown it against the Niners uh, in Thursday Night Football last week. So interesting to see how the Niners bounce back. Lots of talk apparently after the game that the players were disappointed. They're saying that this was a wake-up call. Well, this will show whether this is a wake-up call or whether that the 49ers have now been exposed. I really hope that it's a wake-up call. I hope that we've not been exposed. Uh, we've done way better than all expectations. I do not think we're a Super Bowl team. I think that we're still a couple of key players away from that. But if we can make the playoffs, that's absolutely huge progress compared to the last couple of seasons. This game against the Cardinals is going to go a long way to determining what the rest of the season is going to look like for me. So that is really fascinating. Uh, I agree with you as well. Rams-Bears, you know, Trubisky threw for three touchdowns at the weekend and I think he'd thrown for two in the previous four games absolutely so, and again that Lions defense is a little bit leaky the Rams defense Jalen Ramsey is obviously in there as a threat you know the Steelers did more on defense the Rams are coming up against another defense but the Bears defense just doesn't it doesn't have that mojo either it's just lacking um I, even against the Lions you know they were up against the backup quarterback and it just Ugh, they didn't really do anything all that thrilling, to be honest. And you're right, I think the Chargers Chiefs becomes really relevant. I think the fact that Derek Henry ran for 180 yards a couple of touchdowns mean that the Chiefs have got to watch out for Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler out the backfield. Philip Rivers has got to shake himself off, make the most of the sort of long break, going from the Thursday night to the Monday night, and hopefully come out and at least give them a game. We saw last year that the Chiefs could give, sorry, the Chargers could give the Chiefs a game. Let's hope that that's the same. Let's hope that that's the same. Absolutely. Now, the good thing is, if the 49ers uh, do expose themselves, uh, no. the new DA in San Perfectly Francisco... legal in Cal California. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not going to bother. <laughs> you know, he, he doesn't bother about any of that kind of stuff. You know, any crime... It's a liberal uh, state. It's a liberal yeah, state. <laughs> there's liberal and there's liberal, you know. Um, <laughs> so... Interesting, but yeah, I think that this has got the kind of interesting slate of games across it. You know, I, I mean, for for all the wrong reasons, you want to see Jets at Redskins just to see who's going to be worse out of those two. Uh, Vikings have got to follow up their solid win by taking care of the Broncos, who I have maintained aren't as bad as people think. The Bills have got to get right back on it and go down and beat the Dolphins. Um, I don't think there's any doubt that's a really big game now for the Bills because people are now saying, oh, the schedule was a little soft. They're not as good as we thought. So a little bit like for the reasons you outlined for the 49ers, I think the Bills have got to go down and just say, no, this is ours. We're going to show you that we can actually ride and put a little bit of pressure on the Patriots. I don't think overly too much, but, you know, if the Eagles win, and the Bills win, all of a sudden, you never know where it goes. Indeed. Indeed, that's the case. Right. Let's move on to the pick six section now, uh, Paula. And this is your double whammy of bad news this week because you are no longer tied at the top of the NFL Scotland pick six group because we have had the perfect week. 
Um, and it was well when when you say we, <laughs> well we in the podcast, not <laughs> we you and me. I certainly haven't. Um, I managed to get two this week, which is equal last with Charles on the week performance. Gordon and Ian both got three. You got four. Jamie Borthwick got six out of six. An impressive performance. Although someone has pointed out, I can't remember who it was, uh, that said just as well that you didn't put the Jets Cowboys, uh, sorry, the Jets uh, Giants game in there, else he wouldn't have managed to get that six out of six, which is a valid point because he always backs his own Giants. Uh, unlike me, I went against my 49ers because I knew we'd lose. Um, I was right eventually. It had to happen, sadly, and I managed to get two out of that. Um, but if we talked about this before, Charles Patterson managed to get a zero out of six, and we called that doing a Patterson. So we're christening, getting all six out of six right, doing a Borthwick. You know, I'd like to stand up and applaud, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> You've got two points to make up this week. I and know. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to give you your chance to do that right now. Although I do think this is a much tougher week to try and pick some games uh, that are hard to call between. But let's give it a go anyway. So, first up, we've got Jags at Colts. Yeah, now, th this is a really awkward one, isn't it? Because you're not quite sure which way this is going to go, especially with Nick Foles coming back. Um, so, and, you know, if it's the Brian Hoyer Colts, I'm going with the Jags. I don't think you can go any other way. If it's Jacoby Brissett, you could argue differently. But because I've got to apparently make my prediction now and not be a, a chicken as Jamie has accused me of being <laughs> in the past for waiting to see who might be playing. Um, yeah, I, th I think I will go... You know, it's interesting. The Colts are favourites for this one. Yep. Um, and, and that surprises me as well, uh, simply because, you know, I'm not convinced. But no, I tell you what... <sighs> Colts. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Colts, and uh, I might uh, get in touch with you later in the week to change change my mind. <laughs> no backsies. No backsies. Oh, come um, on, come on. So for the very for the very same reasons that you've not gone for them, I'm going for them uh, because Nick Foles is back. I'm going for the Jags. Um, I think that even though this is at the Colts, they're hurting off of one Florida team. I think Florida's coming back uh, to Indianapolis, and they're going to leave with the win as well. I think that they've got more than enough about them to do it. I think that that is a stuffy uh, Colts defense, but I think that, I mean, if it's Hoyer, it's, I, I think it's almost a sure thing. Um, watch this. Watch this. Brian Hoyer is now going to score six touchdowns against the Jacksonville Jaguars just to stick it to me. But I think that I think it's the Jags coming out of this one. Can, can I tell you, is it wrong to go with one entry on our pick six, but in the pigs can pick him, go the other way? No, I just... think that's absolutely fine because we put ourselves on the line nice and early. Um, I might not put the results out until nearer kickoff, but the picks for the pick six are made usually Tuesday, Wednesday. So it's it's middle of the week stuff. You know, it's real next on the line things. Uh, no, what you do, you want to change your pick right up until the kickoff time, you can do that. It's a different competition. There's much more on the line than that one, to be fair. Um, there's cash on that, although we can't win it. So actually, yeah, no, pick six is where it matters. Respect. Can Respect I just check? Where, where were we on the the uh, the chicken bowl? Oh, oh, I can't remember. The double or nothing. I need. I, I'm trying to remember. I think I'm it pretty... was it not on the the 49ers game. Yeah, I think it was. I might so have to you go back and listen to that. I can't remember. You... Yeah, I think yeah. We I need think to I check got that, that one right though, so I think uh, we might be quits. Um, right, game two this week: Texans at Ravens. Yeah, I mean, you'd be fairly mad to go against the Ravens after their 
after the the way they've worked last week. Um, and but to be fair, I know somebody who might just do that. I'm going with the Ravens. Yeah, and oh, do you know what? I'm, I'm flip flopping on this one. Something terrible. I'm going for I'm going for the Texans. Um, I'm going for the Texans because they've had a week off. Um, I think that the Ravens can't just keep doing this. I think that the Texans' defense, Whitney Merciless, is really playing well. And I thought that the Texans looked tremendous in London on that side of things. I reckon as well in the secondary that, you know, DeAndre Hopkins has been quiet. I think that he'll have a really good week. I think that Carlos Hyde is a big enough bowling ball to cause them problems. Duke Johnson is starting to get into the groove a little bit more. I think that there's more than enough threat there. I do think this will be high scoring. I think this will be like a 33-31 thing. There'll be a couple of points between it and both teams will score over 30 points. But I think that the Texans might just edge it. I think they've got a lot of character this season and uh, I think they could do it. So, yes. Right, game three should be an easy one for you. Saints at Buccaneers. Uh, I don't pick against my team. Uh, just no way. And... Uh, but there'll be tantrums to be had if the Saints don't win. I'm go- but I'm going with the Saints. Uh, we're going to get Polly on the podcast if um, if the Bucks win next week. We'll just have a little guest section with him at the beginning just so that he can stick that oar in. Uh, I think that's a commitment to our listeners. I-, I don't think we can do anything else, Paul. Can I can I tell you that according to the Pigskin Pick'em that the Tampa Bay Bucks' chances of success are currently resting at 58 85% according to everybody who's picked. But then again, we had three one and seven teams win this week. So anything yeah. is possible. I would like to meet some of the people and uh, there's 3.88% people think that the Bengals at 0-9 are going to go and beat the Raiders. Just goes to show people have got opinions. So we'll see where that goes. <laughs> right, I'm sticking Saints with this one as well. I don't think they play that badly two weeks in a row. I think that they'll come out annoyed. And we can see that the Buccaneers secondary is not particularly brilliant. So I think that that's something that Drew Brees could have a field deal on. I think the run game will be difficult for them. But I think over the top, they could do some damage. Uh, Jets, Jets, Jets at Redskins is game four. The Jets at Redskins, interestingly on the pick'em, is the most equal game out of all. And I think that just goes down to the ineptitude of it all. Now, the proverbial wisdom would say that the Jets will come back having done really well last week and win. They were playing a poor team. When it comes to poor team playing poor team, I usually go with home advantage. Um, so I'm going to take the Redskins. And I'm going to take the Jets um, for, the, for the same reason. I think that Dwayne Haskins is obviously probably going to start there again. I think that the Jets can come in and do enough to, to do damage. I think that Levy and Bell, is there was worries that he was going to be injured. Um, I think that he looks as though he's good enough to go. I thought that Jameson Crowder came into a game. He knows what he's going to be up against in Washington. He knows how to play there. So I think that the Jets go to Washington just down the road, come away with a win. Can I say something on the, on the Washington political scene? Because let's, let's get political. Okay. Some people think that Donald Trump is stupid. However... He's been to the UFC in New York. He's been to the World Series in Washington. He went to see LSU-Alabama, which was a fantastic game. And even Donald Trump isn't dumb enough to go watch the Redskins this season. That tells you how bad things are. <laughs> um, incidentally, though, funnily enough, uh, the, the other thing that goes with that is obviously he went to Washington and was booed and they won. And then he went to Alabama and they cheered and then Alabama lost. So there you go. If you want your team to win, just boot to Donald Trump. You heard it here first. And, and then interestingly, in the UFC, 
half the news outlets said he was booed and half said he was cheered. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, and you could think, could you not just say it was a mixed reception? Yeah, I know, it's I know. just bias left and right is utterly incredible. <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm quite like, surprised by that from a UFC crowd. But uh, Yeah, we'll but, but it was New York as well. So, yeah, right, you know, okay, fine, yeah, um, But yeah, even Trump's not that dumb to go and see the Redskins at the moment. <laughs> no. if, you, if you've ever watched, the, I think it was... The, the tale of Vince Lombardi when he took over at Washington because he was there for a season, a uh, couple of seasons, unfortunately, he took ill um, at that time and, and sadly shortly afterwards passed away. But Richard Nixon used to go and watch the Redskins. But he was just in the crowd, you know, a couple of Secret Service guys, but just sitting with everybody else. You know, can you imagine that now? Yeah. It's just incredible. There's brilliant footage of Nixon just sitting there, the US president, nice and relaxed, just watching the game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right, game five, Falcons at Panthers. Uh, you know what? I mean, the, the Falcons, give them all the credit in the world uh, for, for what they did. Um, the Panthers, I think, will beat them. I think the Panthers will know at five and four, they can't slip up in the same way that the Saints did. But I'm really interested to see how the Falcons come out and play this. It's another divisional game. It is a big matchup. But Carolina, I think, need it more than Atlanta, and I think that'll be the telling factor. Yeah, it's certainly an interesting one. I think that I agree. If that Falcons defense, and I say this every week, apart from the bye week, if the Falcons can figure out how to stop Christian McCaffrey or limit him, they've got a damn good chance of beating them. I think that that Panthers secondary is pants, uh, and they can give up a bunch of points. I think that the the Falcons will be missing Hooper and they're missing Freeman. They are big players to lose. It shows a lot that, you know, to try and get six games that are tight, this was one of the six that got pulled out of it. It's, for me, it's, it is the Panthers all the way. And then we wrap things up then, though, with Bears at Rams late night on Sunday. You know, this I think the Rams again are are just the better team talent wise. I think there's still concern in Chicago about Mitch Trubitsky. And you know, it's it's hard once you've got a quarterback that's attracting a lot of negative press, it's hard for that quarterback to turn it round. Now he did a good job last week with the three touchdowns. Can he you know, if he can get back into winning ways and bring them back to five and five Sunday night prime time, it could be that Trubitsky is back. But yeah, I'm not sure. So I'll I'll take the Rams on this one. Um, so I'm actually going to go for the Bears. Uh, I think that the Bears could do it enough here. I think that they've had a confidence boosting win. It should be carried forward. I think the Rams are not themselves. They I think that Gurley's not as much of a threat. I think they were missing Cooks and they kept Cooper Cup quiet. I think the Bears have enough talent to keep Cooper Cup quiet again that's not easy to say no, uh, I was very impressed that you finally <laughs> keep Cooper Cup quiet keep Cooper Cup quiet keep Cooper Cup quiet there we go um, but I think that they could do it and that's enough then for the Bears to just get enough points to win this game I think it'll be low scoring much like the Rams and the Steelers won I don't think either team will hit 20 um, but I think that the Bears will do enough to go on and win this one so yeah Right, okay, that's the pick six. Um, I'm going to look up the pick'em. While I do that, though, one thing we completely forgot to talk about, and I and I feel like we cannot not mention it because it was brilliant. One of the stand-up, get-out-your-seat plays from the Sunday games was the Cardinals flea flicker. Oh, now I've got that to talk about here. That was, because you, you and I got in touch with each other about that, to say that was just 
that you're know, utterly stunning. What a time to pull out a play like that. Not you know, to do it at that occasion. That was just wonderful. That that's definitely one of the plays of the season, no doubt about it. And it needed to be mentioned. So yes, absolutely right. Now on to the McBookie ESPN Pigskin Pickham with in association with the NFL Scotland podcast. We are getting towards the business end of the season and it's still really tight at the top do you know what if you're in the top let's just scan down here you're pretty much in if you're in the top 36 players you're talking there is only eight points between you and we can see in anyone week well Lawrence, two out of 13 or wherever he got this week people anyone can have a week like that but at the moment we've got two people sitting in first place first place <laughs> drew Brees, bowling goalie uh, who's been lingering around the top there, because his name gets mentioned every week, and I think I find it slightly easier to say every time. Uh, yep. Max Reed, 1999, also on 98 points. Then we've got two people uh, in third place, tied with 96. One of those is Spain, and one of those is a name that I struggle with every time I say it, and I need to absolutely practice this. Chimp, Chimp, uh, <laughs> Chimp Acrobaz. I don't know how... Right, I need to work on that. Right, okay. And then there's a whole bunch of people in tied 5th, bunch of people in tied 11th, and so on. I'm currently sitting in 62 place with... I'm 12 points off the top. I've got 86. So I'm okay with that, you know? 86, I'm I'm okay with that. Again, I would like to point out, as I do every week on this podcast, yeah, yeah, that yeah. my week three picks didn't take, uh, and I scored zero points. Because I'm on 79. And if I'd even got half of that i'd be chasing you pretty well i've i've not taken this well i really am not <laughs> taking this well because i really that you know i'm not particularly good at fantasy football but i do like this prediction stuff yeah. you know week eight 12 points pretty good week nine 11 points i've you know i've picked up 23 points i'm coming there i'm getting there quickly now i only got five points in week 10 but you know i say three one and seven teams one you know th there was a lot of there was a lot of upsets in that weekend yeah you know but i just feel so annoyed that i missed one week yeah and i'm still i'm just gonna go on about it i'm sorry i know i'm cutting you off right there is one person from the podcast who's actually made it into the top page so currently oh. sitting in 24th place with 91 points just seven from the top is one gordon mcginnis so that's fine, Gordon, but the pick six is what matters, and you ain't relevant there, son, so it doesn't matter now, what you do over here. <laughs> now, I can tell you he can't hear you because I phoned Gordon on Monday morning to discuss Lamar Jackson, and if I just look over at my phone just now, yep, he's still talking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I jest, of course. He, you know, Gordon's quite rightly excited about his quarterback, and Absolutely. he's terrific. Right, Paul, we're going to move on to the news and wrap this up, but before we do that... Um, who influences you? Influences me. Now, that, that's interesting. But I, you know, I'll tell you what, my, my children influence me, you know, because of, you know, the, the way that they're developing in their life and where they're going. Uh, my dad, who's no longer with me, uh, was such a big influence on my life. Um, you know, Cameron, I don't believe that sports people are role models. I've argued this before. Um, they say never meet your heroes. One of the, my heroes growing up was Kenny Dalgleish. I was lucky enough to interview Kenny Dalgleish in a professional situation um, at Fir Park when I was doing Radio Scotland. I was pitch side that day, and he was absolutely horrible to me. So I, you know, I, I don't look at you know people on a pedestal in, in that kind of way. Uh, I think you're influenced by your environment, your surroundings, and the friends and family you have. 
I think. That's the that's my serious answer. Where are you going with this? What about YouTubers? Know that the, the the tricks in the name. <laughs> that that tells you all you need to know about yeah, let's be honest. I love social media. I love YouTube. I adore YouTube. I think it's it's one of the best things we've ever had. But when it comes to, you know, he's a YouTuber, an Instagrammer, an influencer, um, you know, that well-known, well-thought-out Scottish phrase springs to mind, which is, geese peace, off you go. <laughs> what are you trying to tell me? So you've obviously missed this. The furore in the NFL UK scene this week has absolutely been the fact that NFL Shop Europe got a couple of Instagram slash YouTube influencers along to a game at Wembley and they followed them. They basically got them to record it. So they followed their journey. Now, it transpired very quickly that neither of these people, and I don't even know their names. I don't care, right? I really couldn't care less. I am, I, I'm not influenced by anybody on the internet. I'll, I'll say that right now. Um, I, for me, I'm influenced by people whose opinions I respect and things like that. I, I don't get into politics and that stuff. I don't really trust any of them. Um, but, you know, when it comes to things like sports reporting, there's certain people that are I will go to and, and get their views and see what they say and actually listen to what they're talking about. Uh, again, like you, I'd put my dad in there, my family and stuff like that. These are all people that influence me. I have to see my wife because if I don't, she'll kill me. Um, so that's through fear more than influence. But never mind. However, NFL Shop Europe put this content together, and they put it out on the internet. And then what proceeded after that is something that we, we see an awful lot more of, and this is, and we see this every time as well, that they treps out these, you know, these interviews um, with the randoms. We talked about it in the last episode. We're random people that are at their first ever game, and they get their view and what they, what they say. They put them on the BBC, and they chat to them about it and what you have. Um, and it's this type of content. It's whenever anyone comes over for the first time, they get them to say certain things in a British way, or they ask them what certain British words mean, or they give them black pudding, make them taste it, make them say, oh, that's all right, and then tell them it's pig's blood to get that reaction, right? We hate it, right? We don't enjoy it. It isn't fun. We're sick of it. It's the same old trope. It's terrible. But I'm going to defend it, (laughs) and I can't believe I'm doing it, and I'm going to defend this content because it's for somebody, right? These people are influencers, because they might not influence us and they do not influence the people who are actual fans of the NFL. But the NFL is not just there to influence and give content for people like us that know the league inside out. And I think that that's an important thing to kind of remember in all this. The NFL Europe and NFL Shop Europe are trying to grow their market and they're trying to do it year on year all the time. I think that, yes, that type of content for me is really mind-numbing and, to be honest, it's, it's, it's almost condescending to those of us in the UK that are big fans. But that's fine because I knew within a couple of seconds that this content wasn't for me. I knew right away from watching it, I was like, right, this is them. They've, they've basically What they've done is they've given two people who aren't really fans and know nothing about the game the opportunity to go along to a game and experience it and talk about their experiences. Right, this is something that you see people doing all the time. Every single travel block where someone's never been somewhere before, they're stumbling through this new venue, location, whatever, and talking about their experience for the first time. That's what these influencers were doing. Unfortunately, what they did was because they put it out on a channel that's predominantly followed by people that know the game, it just got slammed. Uh, 
there's a lot of people who are sort of a bit pious in their commentary and feedback. People with like 20 followers saying, why didn't you send me instead? I could have done that. It's like, well, you've got 20 followers, mate. The reason that they've done it is because these people are followed by millions of people. So what they've got there by getting them involved is they've got an, a new audience of six figures plus. I, I'm sure they're into the millions. And even if 1% of those people then go, oh, I quite fancy going to a game, if they can get tickets, then fair play to them. Let them go and let them learn because we were all at one point fans that didn't know this game. I was into the game when I was younger and I'll, I completely lost touch of it during the early 2000s and I got back into it. And when I got back into it, there's loads of context and loads of things being said. And I'll be honest, I was like, I don't know who that is. I don't know that name. I don't know what he did. I've not heard of this. And I had to catch up with it. And I was able to do it. But at some point there, I needed it all explained to me. The first time I went to a game, I didn't really know what to expect. And I loved it. And I knew the sport. And if these two people have come along, made some content, and some new people come along and enjoy the game and it helps grow the game, then that's fine. If the content isn't for you, look at it and go, this isn't for me. Slag it off. And have a bit of fun. And actually, I'm going to call out a winner in all of this. And it's the National Vintage League at NVL Tweets. Because the guy there, I don't know his name and I apologize for that. He did a video mocking it, right? And it was brilliant because it's exactly the right way to do it. Is make your own social content on the back of the content that you think is bad. I don't have a problem with NFL Shop Europe or NFL UK putting out this condescending content. People worry that it makes us look bad to Americans. I don't think American people are looking at NFL Shop Europe for their NFL content. And if that <laughs> happens to come up, they're going to look at it. And it's two folk from Essex. They're going to watch about 15 seconds ago. I've no idea what they're saying and turn it off again. They're not going to be looking at it going, oh, clowns. You go over to the States and people are always impressed at how much you know about football. And quite often people are like, you know more about this than I do. And that's the Americans. So I don't think for a second that they are poo-pooing us for this hammy, horrible content. You know, you look at some of the stuff on NFL Network and they put some of this cheesy stuff up. You look at some of the stuff like Stephen Smith or whatever his name is and Colin Cowherd. These are like, that's their equivalent of the Clyde One phone-in and Ewan and Ruffy's shambles of a phone-in. I mean, just Ewan Cameron's spraffing nonsense about... Uh, I uh, wonder where you were going there with that rather long phone-in. Well, anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? I see, I, I think... I, I, I mean... I discount anybody who calls himself an influencer. Yes, an influencer. I, I agree. I totally disagree. S simple with the as that. You know, I think. I mean, I, I mean, we're a family-friendly podcast, but we're quite far in, so I think I can use the word asshole um, <laughs> fair, fairly well. It's just not for me. It's not my thing. Nope. Now, as I said to you, I love YouTube. I love social media. You know, I like moving with the times. What I like is somebody trying to do something different. However. You've got to then try and think, if that's the yin, where's the yang? What I would have probably liked to have seen would be they could have done it with an influencer and say, you know, say somebody, you know, take, take NFL girl Liz. Yeah. You know, put somebody like that in. So you've then got a wonderful contrast between somebody who knows the game is respected and that would be, you know, she could bring something out that we then don't get to see. I think it's the fact that it's people who know 
so little and don't care. So I think that there's a yin and yang that could have been achieved. And I think, I think you've got a brilliant point there because actually what you can do then is you can take that content and say, right, this content's not for me. I don't think it's very good. Hang on a minute though. Here's actually something that you can do to make this a little bit better and here's why. And you've done exactly that. And I think that there's a danger that and I'm not having to go at anybody for this because I totally understand. I get precious and I hate when people poo-poo it. Um, and you talk about American football and they go, oh, it's just like rugby. And no, it's not. It's not rugby. It's a completely different game. It's And if you think that, then you don't, you don't know what you're talking about. But that's okay that you don't know that you, what you're talking about because I'm going to now explain to you why it's not like rugby. So, yeah, th- these influencers didn't have anybody... Uh, giving a counterpoint. It was just them stumbling through this experience, basically. And like I say, I knew very quickly this content was not for me and I did not watch it. Um, And I saw more of it um, from the National Vintage League's uh, mock video than anything else, which again, credit where it's due, brilliant. I genuinely watched it about five or six times and laughed every time I watched it. It was really, really good response. And I think that that's a positive, right? Let's not get annoyed that the NFL in the UK or NFL Shop Europe are trying to do something different. I think that that's a good thing. I think that the more content, the better. We're not going to like it all as existing fans, but if it draws new people in because they go, oh, that looks like a lot of fun. Brilliant, because the more people like the game, the more people are going to talk about it, the more coverage we're going to get, the more content we're going to get. That's win, 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 win. Fine, it might make it harder to get a ticket for the games, but so be it. We can't have yeah, it I... all on easy street, you know? Um, yeah. And that's I, the same I agree. I just like to see a bit of balance. I think I think you can interact with the audiences in slightly different ways. I think when you know it's a bit like we mentioned this last week about the BBC, you know, interviewing somebody, you know, um, because you know they've got some yes. weird and wonderful tenuous connection and they just happen to be along. So obviously, I mean, I, I don't know this for certain, but I'm presuming the NFL target certain people and invite them along to these yes, things. Yes, I would imagine so. And they would have been invited along because they have a massive audience. So what yeah. they're doing is they're tapping into a massive market there that they can't get into themselves because people in that audience are probably not predominantly looking for the NFL. So it's a new market opportunity. Um, and for me, this the best analysis that I can look for a similarity. It's like somebody who's been an Elton John fan. Right, And someone who's been an Elton John fan since 1980, they've bought every single album, they've seen him live 16 times, they always get tickets whenever he's in town. And then somebody new who's just got into Elton John comes along, buys a ticket, turns up and only knows three or four of the songs. And you see this in music as well. And people who are established fans getting annoyed at new fans coming along. But everybody's a new fan at some point. Just because you're on that train much earlier doesn't give you any kind of right to be guaranteed on that train and that person who wants to come into the party late can't get in because they don't know as much as you it's not about that it's about embracing these people and sharing content and reaching out and saying to these influencers do you know what why don't you get some of the people now as a follow-up and we can talk to you about the nfl and you can ask questions and do something with it so i think that what you did was exactly the right response you know you, you come back and you do something with it uh national vintage league made a funny thing about it that gave everyone a good laugh brilliant what you do is you go back and you go back to them and say ah this content wasn't for me i didn't think it was particularly brilliant i see what you're trying to do here's how you could do it better next time boom progressive an idea it doesn't rule this content out there's just ways to make it better we're all going to try that we've tried things we've tried to do things in tweets and competitions they haven't worked sometimes things have worked really well other times we've put comments out and it's got nothing you know it's really hard to read this sometimes so ultimately this was a bit of a monologue but i think cut them some slack not all the content that comes out from the NFL is going to be for us, the established fans. we got to go. 
nah, that's rubbish, and ignore it, and let it be what it is. Don't worry Absolutely. about people laughing at us. Don't worry about America thinking that we don't know what we're talking about because some of the content over there is equally as naff and trashy. Uh, and that is just what it is. And I turn that content off as well. So, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, uh, and that's it. Whew. I might need to go for there a lie down. Go. Any other news, Paul, before we finish? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's worth pointing out that uh, the Atlanta Falcons are coming to the UK in 2020. Uh, obviously, part of the deal, you have a Super Bowl, you've got to give up a home game. Uh, so the Falcons have been announced as coming. Well, I say to the UK, it's the international series. There's obviously the Mexico game as well. But I'm not, I don't think the Falcons are one of the teams that would likely end up in Mexico. I think they try and keep the coastal teams um, the West Coast teams to that would be my my thoughts. So I think it's fairly certain we'll see the Atlanta Falcons in London next year. Yeah, an interesting one, and hopefully an improved Atlanta Falcons. I know you won't be thinking that, but hopefully an improved um, Atlanta Falcons. It will make for an interesting game. Uh, well, the Falcons we are coming and the Dolphins are coming. You're not overly excited just yet. No, pause on that one for now. Let's put a pin in it. Let's put yeah. a pin in it. We'll revisit that. We'll revisit it. Right. Okay. Well, do you know what? We're well, well over <laughs> our allocated time. Sorry, I took up most of that. But that concludes everything for episode 75. Keep your feedback coming. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter at ScotlandNFL and on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash ScotlandNFL. If you meet an influencer this week, please just be <laughs> gentle with them. They know not what they do. Please keep sharing the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes. A good one, please. The more big reviews we get, the better. Get in touch. We'd love your thoughts, comments, or subjects you'd like to see us cover on this podcast. Learn the NFL. Adopt an influencer today. Um, <laughs> our weekly awards will return next week. We love reading them. So do keep your eye out on week 11 and give us your belter, Baufin, and Bob Ag nominations. I have a feeling that I might be a contender for a couple of those. <laughs> and it's not Belter. <laughs> Remember to make your selections in our McBookie's Pick'em competition. Vote for Jamie to go to the Pro Bowl. My God, he just got six out of six right. And we're trying to send him to the Pro Bowl. Not that one. Un unbelievable. <laughs> well, I must be the Scottish Hammer then. Enjoy week 11. We'll be back next week to pick apart all the highlights. But until then, thanks for listening. Bye for now.